This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Rise above and be in control with today's business headlines, driven by Volvo Cars. BFM 89.9, it is 8.48 in the morning. I'm Kuzu Chong and I'm with Joyce Go. We're talking about the business news, but before we go into that, some clarifications. I earlier said that uh, Suhakam is a human rights NGO. They are not. They are much more than that. They are a national human rights institution established under the Human Rights Commission of Malaysia Act 597. It is a statutory body created by Parliament and not merely an NGO. The other thing I would like to clarify is the fact that Malaysia is not AA3, as I mentioned earlier. It is A3, and that's a Moody's rating. Let's Take it a step further. It is also an A minus Malaysia's uh, debt rating is also an A minus under Fitch and an A minus two under S and P. So there you go. Mm. Some clarifications on earlier discussions. Now, in terms of where the Malaysian business news uh, currently sits, now of course yesterday during a briefing on Budget 2019, Finance Minister Lim Guan Eng has come out a call for Goldman Sachs to return the 588 million US dollars that it t- that it was received that it had received in fees for 1MDB uh, deals that it advised on. And of course, this comes in the wake of the fact that Goldman Sachs uh, president, David Solomon, said that he was, uh, quote-unquote, highly distressed that uh, at least three Goldman's executives were involved in this whole debacle. That's right. So for the finance minister said, you know, since Goldman Sachs has admitted to its involvement in the 1MDB financial scandal, it should undertake to return the fees it was paid. I mean, this is... We're not talking about very little money here. We're talking about some 2.4 billion ringgit, right? That's the kind of fees and, and that we're talking about. And um, this uh, Goldman Sachs uh, chief executive officer, David Solomon, he admitted that their employees had broken the law over 1MDB matters. And uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with the minister, right? If you guys have, if because David Solomon also said that, you know, he felt horrible about the role uh, that former Goldman employees had played in this 1MDB scandal. And um, following this news, uh, Guaning was in uh, Penang recently to talk about the budget 2019, and he brought this up. Well, the thing is, the Department of Justice has indicted uh, Tim Leisner and Roger Ng, both bankers involved in the 1MDB deals. Um, and of course, we know that by now, Tim Leisner has actually pleaded guilty his, to his charge under the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. Of course, that was obviously an attempt to reduce the sentence on him. And Roger Ng, of course, also one of the other individuals. Now, of course, also various news reports saying that at least 20 to 30 other banking executives were complicit in this deal or in the, on the series of deals that Goldman's advised on. So it's not just these two individuals. And only um, the courts will eventually decide how much of a sentence and how much of a penalty Goldman Sachs must pay. Mm. Um, what I do also know is the fact that Goldman has retained a prominent defense attorney and former deputy attorney general who was once the boss of the DOJ's head of criminal investigations, a man called Mark Phillip, to help the bank uh, in the defense against the Department of Justice indictments. So it's getting very serious for Goldman's. And um, I think YB Lim Guaneng is right in saying, said, in saying though, so that, you know, it's one thing to say that you're highly concerned or highly distressed about... Um, or you feel horrible. Or you feel horrible. <laughs> um, re- return the phrase, mm. you know, return these ill-gotten gains. Exactly. And did you know Tim Leisner was actually a former partner for Goldman Sachs in Asia? At a time, I think when he was raising all these fees and doing all these deals, he was the star. I wouldn't say he was a rising star. He was the star at the bank. And uh, speaking about, um, you know, all these uh, deals and all that, you know, it comes down to, uh, when it comes to investment banking and all that, is whether or not the banker can land deals and what kind of clients the banker can bring in. 
I actually had lunch with Tim Leiser a few times because yeah. he was the coverage guy. And of course, if you're covering the country, you're covering the region like I was for Bloomberg back in those days, you've got to lunch the big bankers. And, you know, Tim Leisner. How was he like? Ultra smooth guy. Mm. Six foot two, six foot three, blonde, blue eyes, impeccably dressed, very well spoken. He could sell oil to an, or a snake oil salesman. <laughs> he could sell snow to an Eskimo. That's how smooth he was. Mm. Um, you know, a very smooth guy. And... Um, he was obviously very instrumental in the one and BB bonds and the kind of deals that they were advising on. And, um, you know, this all this news with David Solomon and this, uh, you know, the, the DOJ indictment comes at the same time that Goldman Sachs themselves have announced their, uh, their partner list for 2018. And the partner list is, is obviously exalted ground for bankers in Goldman's because if you're made a partner, then you become a profit sharing employee and it's, you know, it's big bucks for you. Just six to nine people named in the 2018 class. That's the smallest, um, right, Chong? That's the, the one of the smallest in recent years. They mm. made a big deal about their uh, gender diversity and the mm. racial diversity, things like that. Um, you know, they said about a quarter women, highest percentage, percentage ever. Yeah, I think about 26% women. So that's the highest percentage ever. 20% of uh, these partners in this class of 2018 are Asians. That's highest in eight years and 6% of them are black. That's the highest percentage ever uh, looking at this. And 69 partners is the smallest class in about two decades. In 2016, they had 84 partners. Can, can I just, you know, I, I mean, ridiculous, right? Goldman Sachs is a predominantly American bank. It has hired 6% blacks, um, the highest ever in its among its ranks as partners, right? But it's got 20% Asians, mm. right? Mm. Come on. Why? Why have you got three times as many Asians than black people in your among your ranks as partners? It's crazy, right? You're America, right? Uh, also, uh, also, looking at the divisional breakdown, divisional, term, yeah? I, want to, I want to make a point here, right? They have hired, they've put 21 partners in investment banking. They've promoted another 28 in securities, but they've only promoted one partner in compliance and one partner in risk. So does that show where their priorities lie? You, what, you know, <laughs> do you remember Rolling Stone magazine? They wrote, they wrote a story, a mm-hmm. huge, huge, amazing feature story on Goldman Sachs back in the day, about four or five years ago. It was called a vampire squid. And this picture of a squid on someone's face just sucking the blood out of that face, oh, right? Okay. Because of the profit and greed that was most interested in. The fees. This is Goldman Sachs for you. Mm, mm. And the yeah. Malaysian government hired it to arrange in bonds. Yeah, so in, in this class of 28, uh, 2018, um, some 29% of them are millennials as well. And uh, 67% of them started out at Goldman Sachs as analysts and associates. So, um, okay, let's move on to another story here, okay? Um, back in the day, of course, Najib was hiring Goldman Sachs. Najib was going to China. Najib was talking to Jack Ma. But our new Prime Minister, uh, Tun Mahathir, he's gone to, Jap- he's gone to Japan. Mm. And Japan has been the subject of his adorations for many, many years. Um, he's actually speaking to JR Kyushu Railway to help them, to, to get them to help our KTM in improving our rail services. He's getting them to help us in terms of moving more carriage across the country, not by road, but by via rail. He's also, getting, he's also getting them to get us more, to be more efficient in our train services. Actually, yeah, looking at our national railway, I think the train services are almost completed, but only 30% are being used. And looking at their earnings, uh, Kereta Pitana Melayu, that's KTM, they made a pre-tax profit of 4.5% in the financial year 2017. That's the first time in 20 years they posted a profit trunk for the fiscal fiscal year and that's not due to one of gains that's the first time ever if we look at the accumulated losses that has widened to 2.9 billion ringgit do you remember in february this year we went to ipo yes on, on, a, the, on a bfm trip to yes. on this retreat right on the on the train on the KTM, we took the right? train what did you think well 
Firstly, well, it, was it, was not, it was expected though. It was not, yeah, it was not on time. What I found interesting was that we had tickets and uh, when we went into the train, we could not find our seats because yeah. there were no seats for the tickets. <laughs> but we paid for the tickets. And then I tried to book my ticket online, couldn't because the, the website was a mess. System down or System, what? <laughs> no, no, it was just a mess. It was just, I think pulling teeth was, would have been easier. Would have been less painful. Well, well looking at this, well, Tunam said that, you know, they've requested um, the Japanese company, JR. Kushu to assist in conducting a study to enhance the roles and benefits of the, our railway station, railway system here in uh, Malaysia. I think this could be positive. Definitely, we can yeah. learn from the Japanese when it comes to their railway lines. Because you know how the Japanese are, right? Incredible. Their, their trains and Incredible. How, how on time they are, yeah. how clean their trains are. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, KTM just posted a very small profit for 2017, but its accumulated losses for KTM has widened to nearly 3 billion ringgit. So it continues to bleed money. Um, mm. The other thing that Japan is going to help us with is obviously in terms of uh, raising some capital. Now, Malaysia is um, considering a samurai bond. Now, that could uh, help the country raise 7.4 billion ringgit under a, this samurai bond with a 10-year ten, ten tenure mm. uh, with an indicative coupon rate of 0.65%. So that is a lot cheaper than the 6.5% that one and DB <laughs> was charging very different, us, right? yeah. yeah. So this current uh, bond issue is expected to be issued before March next year. And uh, Tun M has said that, you know, this offer could help ease our financial burden here in Malaysia as well as assist in our development. But I think quite interestingly as well, one of our listeners, a man called, uh, well, sorry, I just don't know whether a man or woman, but an individual named Tohun Ki, Pointing out that forex denominated loans, uh, forex denominated loans should be, um, you know, should beware them because there's things like interest parity models for exchange rate movements. Mm. I think in plain English it means that if you are raising money on a currency, you've got to be also wary that it's also exposed to currency fluctuations and yes. the volatility of two currencies. Foreign, foreign currency risks. And um, yeah, whether or not, you know, we should hedge for that. I think that's a good point to to bring up. Also in Japan, uh, Trump Prime Minister, he in his three-day visit to Japan, he met up with SoftBank founder Masayoshi-san yesterday and that spurred discussions on collaboration um, to help Malaysia boost our economy and also resolve our current uh, finances. Yeah, so Najib goes to Jack Ma, we go to Masayoshi-san, mm-hmm. uh, both are billionaires, both like technology um, and both have been asked to help us out. I think Masayoshi-san was asked to sit on Kazana's board. But I think he... But, he... Uh, Masayoshi said, Sorry, no time. <laughs> Sorry, no time. <laughs> well, he said that he, he is less effective as an advisor and he will be better in investments. That's the polite way of saying, Sorry, Sorry no, no time. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it is nearly time for the 9 o'clock news, but we'll be coming back after that with a market uh, hour. So stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Keeping you on track for peak business performance with the new Volvo XC40, the expression of innovation. Volvo, made by Sweden. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.